coordinates and, and orders at hand. And he thought it was a bad idea from the superiors. He had one shot to convince them otherwise because he knew that was going to be a bad plan. And it was life or death. People were going to die. You know, you know this is a phones are like like little kids and like teddy bears right or, or, like or maybe blanket. if it's your blanket right. my little sister it was her socky mm. she used to have this itty bitty little baby sock and like she couldn't go to sleep without it she couldn't do shit without that little sock like she needed that sock. i used to suck my thumb and i had this i think that's an old school baby that's oh yeah and it was my grandmother's um i believe her shirt it was a tan shirt I don't know how I acquired this. I don't know why this item became the item for me. But there was <laughs> something about this shirt that was now just, what is this? Frayed. Frayed. Yeah, it was just, it didn't even look like a shirt anymore. And it was, it was just like a bunch of thread. A bunch of very loose thread bundled up together. Kind of. And I mean, there was still some part of it that was still obviously sewn together. In, in. I could easily see that being very comforting. I oh, could, if it was in my I, hand right now, I can I can feel just like loose threading in my hand. Let me tell you what was even mo most comforting about that is that I would suck my thumb and then I would put it right here and I would smell it. And my mom would try. So I hate it when my mom washed it. So I used to hide it from her because when you washed it, that took away all, all the comfort out of it. It was the smells from everything Wait a minute. Around. What age was this that you remember? First of all, uh, wait a minute. So you were old when this was a thing. Oh, yeah. This was this was from when I was a child until... Mm. Hold on. Don't just use child. What ages are we talking about? Because people say that 10-year-olds are children. Like what well, well, yes. I'm trying to think of when it stopped. I want to say... So if I moved here at 11, I did not have it by 11. So... Maybe like right before I moved, I want to say, is when I stopped okay, so, sucking my thumb. Oh, so you were suck, sucking your thumb up until about 10, 9, 10 oh, years yeah. old. Oh, and that's I have, funny. And I have pictures of, you could see my teeth. It wasn't as pronounced as someone who usually sucks a thumb when they're older and their teeth are kind they look kind of crazy. Wait a minute. Pronounced as a child that usually sucks their thumb as they get older. Do people usually su suck their thumb as they get older? Yes. Yes, if you ever see someone, I don't know how even how to explain it, and their their mouth it's kind of closed off or their teeth are kind of, I don't know, and what what is that shape a uh, like a round triangle of sorts, like a okay. rounded triangle. So it's not like like a half moon bite, like a normal mm. bite. It's more like a round triangle. And even now, since I lost my Invisalign, my teeth are kind of coming back into that shape, like they're. They're kind of closing in on each other, sort of like they were before when I sucked my thumb. But the moral of the story was that I used to live for that blankie. And I remember telling my mom. Why do you just call it a blankie? Well, because in Spanish, what we used to call it was mi pañito, mi paño. Mm -hmm. And my sister had one too, but hers was even grosser because she used to suck it. And she hated when mom washed it. So it was just like dried old saliva on there. Nice. But anyways... Yeah, I just I hadn't thought about that in a very very long time, and I even had a callus on my thumb, 
which I'm surprised went away from sucking it for so long. Um, yeah, that was an, I have no idea why or how that started. I would love to kind of go back there if I couldn't figure out why I needed this sort of comfort in, and why I couldn't let it go. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's why adults bring their cell phones into the yoga, oh, yes, the yoga studio yeah. while you're trying to do yeah, I just, 90 minutes of Bikram hot yoga is because they need their blankie. And it's peculiar to me because, fine, you need your phone, bring it. It's cool. But if it rings the first time, you can't take two seconds out of your day to not disturb the rest of your class. Like, at least put it on silent. Like, that's that's crazy. I just, I can never. Hmm. I can never. Yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience. There was a lot to say about it. Again, going, I, I would like to go back, and now that I have a week, a week to right. go back for free, technically, technically. whatever, uh, that came with, that came with, that came with the purchase. It would be nice to go back and see what another instructor would be like, and if that one would be screaming at you the entire time as well. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna see who is gonna be teaching the 630s, because I hope it's not for the people yet. that are listening. Vamri and I attended a Bikram 90 minute, and if you don't know, what Bikram is hot, hot yoga, yoga class right. yesterday, uh, and it was it was an interesting one. One where people again bring their phones in and they let it ring during a very you know serene setting for a bunch of people trying to get loose and, Phone and calls, meditate emails, and have a, a, a moving meditation for 90 for minutes. For 90 minutes um, in a 105 degree room with 35 percent humidity. Yes. You have anything else you'd like to say? Um, if you wanted to speak about it, we we can certainly break it down. We've already spoken about it off off camera, but yeah, no, I would. I certainly want to go back to see if this is sort of the structure for Bikram yoga classes because I had never attended one, so I don't know if. I think there is many different ways as there are instructors, like most things. Yeah. I think you could go back next time with another instructor that again. Spoken much more of a calm, yes. serene, peaceful sense and wasn't screaming the whole time. Maybe didn't have as thick of an accent. And yes. You could actually, actually understand, understand most of the things that they were saying. But overall, I thought it was nice. My, it was. my assessment of it, again, I'll tell for anyone that listens to this that does different forms of yoga, right. whether it be vinyasa flow or Bikram or yin, yin or whatever. As, yeah. Ashtanga, right? All these types of things. Is... I stopped going to flow classes, right. not because they weren't cool, not because they didn't work, you know, not because it wasn't a nice balance between strength, um, stretch and balance, right? Because that's kind of what that is, but that I'm one that exercises, so I know how to go and get a good workout in. I'm also one that goes to the sauna, so I know what it's like to sit in a hot room and just simply sweat and meditate there. And I also practice yin yoga, which is deep seated, long stretches. Now, for like people that don't minutes. know, now for people that don't know, you don't really get into the joint stretching until after about two minutes. Right. So when you stretch for 15 seconds to 30 seconds, 40 seconds, you're stretching the muscle and it feels good. But you're not getting one. You're not even getting a very deep muscle stretch, let alone a joint stretch. That is my understanding. I'd like for someone to tell me if I'm wrong, but right, I believe right. that that is. I mean, I've been told this by instructors, so right. I think I'm getting information from credible sources. So 
to go to these Bikram classes, I thought it was cool. I like the heat as I love the heat in the mm-hmm. saunas. Like, so clearly that's a thing for me. But the stretches, you, you, you go through these poses and they're not as quick as a flow, but it's not as long as a, as a long seated stretch. So therefore you're still only stretching for, I mean, what would you say is the longest time that we spent on one oh, stretch? Oh man, I think. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three not Mississippi. Not even 30 seconds. Okay, so yeah. about 30 seconds. So I'm seated for five minutes right. at a time. Right. It's it's just a completely different stretch. And as I said, if there are Bikram Yin classes, show me where to go and where to sign up so I can pop up. But this this format doesn't quite call to me so much. And so that's again, I get it. I think it's cool, but it doesn't quite call. for me. I think it's because because it, it certainly wasn't for me either. Because I, I enjoy an Ashtanga class, which is the repetitive movement over and over each and every class. And you kind of accomplish moving almost every single part of your body. But with this Bikram class, I think it was 26 different Poses. asanas yeah. that we hit and two breathing exercises. <clears throat> and I don't I don't know her as a teacher. I have no idea who this lady is and who she's been taught by. But this certainly did not feel to me from going to various studios and and, and having different structures in a gym or in a studio it didn't feel very intentional like i don't doing the savasana over and over in between savasana that's the resting pose you just lay on your back because no one's going to know what i'm talking about unless they they do it thank you for doing that they're just resting poses where you just lay on your your back. back And you and she would probably put us in that pose for all of five seven seconds and then say, get back up, do this thing. Because it wasn't even that you when you laid down, you had to face the opposite wall from the exercise you were doing. So you have to turn around, lay down. And then like as soon as you lay down, you come right back up. Yeah. And I just I didn't see the purpose of that over and over and over. Yeah, because it seems like that that asana. Yeah. Is is a rest position. Correct. And for that amount of time to rest, I I would have preferred. Now, maybe other people like that. Right. Maybe they need that small little break right. before they continue on, especially in a room that is 105 degrees. But what did you say? 35% humidity? 25. Right, 25. So maybe oh, they yeah, need those small bits of time. I would have liked to just continue my movement. Or, like I said, to just sit in a stretch for longer than just yeah, 15. Because especially to incorporate such heat. Like you would, I want to keep moving. I would, well, again, you want to keep moving. Yeah. I want to stay still. Yeah. But I, you know what I mean. But either way, I could see both of those being advantageous, yeah. as opposed to taking these small little five seconds. But these are also personal preferences, exactly. and we don't also don't understand the the nuance or maybe the science behind why these things are thing. Like we don't know what we don't know, and maybe if we ask the question as to why right. is it this is a thing, she would have been able to give us an answer as to why. We have these five second rests in between because poses. I don't what know. I think, because for, I mean, obviously, I feel like no one listening to this podcast truly knows me and, and how my body reacts to things. But I am someone that certainly is not as athletic, has come into a healthier lifestyle very recently in life, very late in life, only two and a half years ago. So I was certainly apprehensive, if you may, about going into a room for 90 minutes that was 105 degrees. And I also go to saunas maybe twice a week 
150 to 180 degrees from 20 to 35, sometimes even 40 minutes, depending on how my body's interacting with that. But I was very surprised about how my body felt absolutely at ease. And so I had a sort of an at-home feeling of just being in this very warm room and moving or staying still, like I could have done both. But that sort of yoga practice was just not, for me, it did, it did not feel very fulfilling. What I wish I could do is just have access to that room and just practice on my own. Mm-hmm. That would have been amazing. Right. And I wish I could go to the sauna and have room to stretch. Yeah. Because sometimes I go in there with my gym clothes for the purpose of being able to move around. And usually when I go, my sauna is empty. So I'm stretching all over the place. But it's not as comfortable because you're sitting in a very small sort of um, bench. Yeah. So you certainly do your best. But no, certainly an experience. I'm very thankful that I went. I certainly am going to try another instructor and see how that feels. But it's, I absolutely love being in a hot room and either moving or staying still. Welcome to the Any Last Words <laughs> pod. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. A very, very special thanks to everybody that will be joining us today on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. And please do not forget to follow us at ALW Pod on Instagram. The God in me still honors the God in each and every one of you. Today, of course, we have the, the incomparable. <laughs> Illu- oh, wow. illustrious von marie thank you so much um so you know i've been i've been thank excited you. about <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding go ahead <laughs> well i have been thinking i know um and and a lot of w- what's kind of on my mind today and i want to talk about has swept my life by storm mm-hmm. um certainly in the past in the past decade for certain, but in a new way in the past three or so years, I would say. And then even in a newer way in the past month. And I think that it's a lot of the time at the center of any point of contention that I ever have with the physical world (laughs) you sound like um uh morpheus from dreams (laughs) (laughs) morpheus from dreams what is the show called um mm. because you're just saying words the sandman the sandman okay i speak of truth Mm. okay mute that um and so first, as I like to do, let me let me try to define truth. Please. So here we have, I'm just going to go one to nine or one to ten. One, the true. And I know that that's even weird. Just to start out that that word is in truth. But the true or actual state of a, of a matter. Of a matter. Okay. Yeah, I kind of stumbled over my words for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got a speech impediment. <laughs> The true or actual state of a matter. Two, conformity with fact or reality. Verity. Three, a verified or indisputable fact, proposition, principle, or the like. Four, the state or character of being true. Five, actuality or actual existence. Six, an obvious or accepted fact, truism, platitude. Seven, Honesty, integrity, truthfulness. Eight, 
ideal or fundamental reality apart from and transcending perceived experience. Nine, agreement with a standard or original. Ten, accuracy as of position or adjustment. Now, before I go any further, I'm going to recount two moments and promise me this this bears weight in this conversation. First one. Because you heard it and and Mikey was here last time and he said it and mm. the people that were listening were here and they heard it and okay. or saw it. And there was a moment when we were talking about racism and I asked him if he thought that an instance that someone had told me about was racist or not. It was when someone said, I don't yes. like white people, right? Is that a racist statement? To us, that's a laughable question to ask. He thought it was laughable too. But seeing as how he wanted to be careful with his words and make sure that he was giving the conversation its due diligence, he also stated, based on my definition of racism. So let's... Let's put that in a scope. Okay. Right. So we got have that in the focus. And now let's move on to another one. I was going, I was facilitating a hangout. So I was, I was putting it together, right, on the phone with someone that was once on the pod. And we were going to go out to like a coffee shop. And this person said to me on the phone while we were trying to make the plans, oh, you know, this this last week of mine has just been crazy. So much has been going on. I went into I went into a complete 360. Okay. Like I did I did a complete 360. To which I said, Oh, so you're back where you started. <laughs> right. To which this person responded and said, No, I wouldn't say I'm back where I started. To which I replied, well, okay, I thought that that's what you meant because a 360 is a circle. So it seemed like you went right. full circle. And to which she said, well, no, a 360 doesn't have to be a circle. <laughs> and I said, like, well, that, that's, what a, that's what a 360 is. That's a circle. <laughs> to which she said, you're trying to use science to explain life. And so, and now that's the end of that one. Right. So we have these two things and the parallel that I'm drawing here is that these are moments in which people are choosing their own definition of something. Or their own truth. Okay. And I don't know if this is something I've really spoke out about in the way that I'm going to today. But I Mm -hmm. will say that, you know, ever since the this phenomenon of my truth has arisen, and I'm not exactly quite sure what year that was when people started using that a lot more. I was on Twitter, so this has to be, I think, in like the last 10 years, maybe. Last 10? You think like 10 years ago people were saying it? I, I don't, so. I mean, I wouldn't know. I, I, did, I don't remember on, hearing it back then. I know but. I remember I remember saying that 
a lot. Okay. And I haven't been on Twitter for almost three years. Right. So uh, maybe five to something like yeah, that again, in like, the past I don't 10 know. years. Somebody I, reach out and let me know when the advent of my truth I remember saying that. Emerged. I remember tweeting that. <laughs> so Okay. So it's certainly it's been around for a minute, I want to say. Now, we're going to slow step this one. You, okay. again, this swept my life, mm-hmm. this idea of truth. And this has certainly made its way into your life in a way that wasn't there before. At all. At all. Whatsoever. And I guess bef- before I go any further, is there anything that you would like to say about truth, about your relationship <laughs> with truth, about the way that you see people interact with truth, anything like that? Because um, sure, I have quite a bit I'm to sure say. that I'll, I'll expound on whatever it is that okay. you say because you have plenty to say. Okay. But I mean, just from my personal experience, I, I certainly have become a very honest and truthful person or as, as much as I can be at the moment. I used to be sort of, I don't know if pathological liar is the right word, but I... Habitual? I, habitual liar, yeah. I... I grew up in a very constricted, very um, strict household. So I lied my way through everything so I could do what I wanted. And that just follows you along in life because that just becomes a part of who you are. It's hard to separate wanting to do whatever you want and having to, having quote unquote, because obviously you don't have to, but feeling as though you need to do that and then that carries you on into adulthood because you haven't broken away from that so it hasn't been which is very funny to say out loud especially on on a podcast where people are going to listen to but this has only been a part of my life for about almost three years because I don't even think it has been three years yet since I've made a bunch of different lifestyle decisions but what I do know so first and foremost for me this has been one of the hardest things to to rid of and embody which is truth and also it has been one of the most amazing gifts that I have stumbled upon because I have been able to tell people exactly how I feel and why I don't want to interact with them and and how it makes me feel that they don't appreciate what it is that I feel about the situation or, or wanting to have conversations about it so it feels really nice to set boundaries and and to live in truth as much as I can and I don't think that I'm necessarily all there yet when it comes to living a completely honest and truthful lifestyle but I'm certainly striving for that to be the case and and it feels much better to be in in the space interacting with truth than I ever have been before. So I'm glad I asked you that question because that was a that was a good wrap up at the very end like those last couple of sentences that you don't feel like you're quite there yet but that you're damn sure striving for it. Like yes. that's a big part of your life. And so I'm I'm glad that you said that because that was just like a, a, a perfect pathway into Good. what it is I'm bringing to light here, which is people question truth because it's elusive. People ask you, well, well, what is the truth? Right, and why is that the truth? Right, and so I think that... When things are difficult, people throw their hands up in the air Mm -hmm. and they just go with whatever is convenient, right? Or maybe whatever 
has taken Twitter through storm. Whatever the whatever the biggest wave <laughs> the is at the time, on, yeah. you'll just go with that because it's much easier to take that route. So when you hear people say things like my truth, I think it feels good to absolve yourself from what I think is the real thing, right. which is the search for truth. Because we're always not going to know what the truth is. There's... There is a real truth beneath all of our overlays of human perception, right? There is a simple, this thing happened, right? So someone hurt someone else. There is a simple, one being hurt another. Then on top of that, we throw the, well, what type of person was this person? Why did they do it? Right. Is that ethical in regards to the, all of the circumstances that went into the sequences of events that caused that hurt or that pain, right? And these are all of our human morals and ethics laid over top of what is happening in the world. So when we say it is what it is, that is truly what that meaning means. It means that when things happen, that's all that is happening. That that is the truth. Right. That the thing happened. And so we as human beings have to try to make sense of things. So then we say, no, that's good or that's bad. But that's just our perception. There, that doesn't actually exist. Good and bad on a, on a cosmic universal scale... The, the catastrophes of the earth, the things that are going to happen, the birth and death of life, it's going to happen. And it does not really care how we feel about it. Right. That is the truth. Right. And then we have the way that we have to try to build an establishment and civilizations on top of that. And so, therefore, we have to come up with rules and regulations and laws. And I, I understand that. And then we come up with our shared reality, our shared truths. And then within that, you have people's own little individual truths inside of that. I just need to interrupt and okay. say that you have already lost many people because this is an extremely, extremely profound subject. Speaking of the shared collective human reality and then your individual reality between that and everything else. Well, well, the thing is, we cannot I, listen. I'm in awe, and as I've told you, that we live in a world right. where things work the way that they do because people swear up and down that no one understands anyone, but yet we have a whole world that's working right whole now. Civilization. Now, yeah, there's a ton of things inside of it that aren't working, that are falling apart, that are corrosive, that that's are insidious, right? That, right? And that, that could be using tweaking. But the fact that we have a whole world of people moving around and getting things done and creating, creating and things and, and making all of that sort of stuff, like just cooperating in the way that we are is very, very impressive. You're right. Right. Now, the only reason that that's even possible is because we have shared truths is because we have shared perspective and shared reality of what is happening in front of us. You and I agree that what you're sitting on is a chair and that you put 
your butt on the chair and you try to sit upright and now there are scientific reasons like physiological reasons as to why you'd want to sit up in a certain way for your back for your spine health right you don't sit in the chair with your legs sprawled out looking the opposite (laughs) direction as i'm talking to you like because you don't you don't want to look at the wall while i talk to the back of your head that's uncomfortable right it's uncomfortable it doesn't make sense for us to communicate that way that's a shared truth that we have right we understand that you can't if you have your own truth and your truth is to sit backwards and while i look at the back of your head what slowly starts to happen is the more and more of your truths that you want to make yourself they will exile you from what is going on with the rest of the world correct and you will find yourself as people do, building slowly but steadily and maybe quickly and steadily your own prison and your own prism Mm -hmm. of thought and and vision. And you will be by yourself somewhere or maybe with a couple of other people that see that have that have your little shared truth. Right. Therefore, you're certainly right if everyone around you thinks the same thing. Right. And that is a very, very, that's what we call an echo chamber. Right. That's where you get into a place where you only are around people that think the same thing as you and you guys keep saying the same things back and forth to each other and nobody steps outside of the box. And that's why you think that the whole world is falling apart and it's crazy because the seven people around you think the exact same thing versus the seven point however many <laughs> billion that that have very, very different opinions and, and, and realities. And so to get further into it, it's another one of these outs. Yes. It's another one of these outs. You can Mm -hmm. have your truth. And then as soon as you say that, and then as soon as we as we start to build a culture that encourages that people just it's his truth, it's her truth. Okay. You don't understand that it's their truth. And now you no longer need to be accountable. And then now you don't you no longer have to be held accountable to criticisms, logical, reasonable, rational criticisms, because it's just your truth. And so again, it's not about us always knowing what the truth is, because I understand that can be elusive. It can right. be difficult to get to, which is the endeavor of science to try to figure that out. Right. At, at its basic, I'm not I'm not talking about any specific discipline of science or any specific scientist out there. I'm just saying at the very bare minimum, that is what science is at its rudimentary block is trying to use tools of, of observation in the pursuit of truth. Right. That is science. I'm not talking about beakers. Right. I'm, not, I'm not talking about none of those things. I'm just right. talking about science at its basic form. So. We need to work together to try to figure out what the truth is. And the points of contention that I'm talking about when I run into any points of contention, again, the crux of it is usually that I am being presented with people that do not want to pursue the truth for whatever the reasons may be. It could be you're frightened. You're scared for a million of the things that you could be afraid of. I think that's usually the biggest reason. I, I would I would say so too. You're afraid of being wrong. Being being wrong. You're afraid of, of realizing w- what it may show about yourself. Right. Right. Whatever 
delving into this inquiry could be this line of questioning what it could show you about yourself and it could show you that maybe you're not the hero in all the stories right it could show you that you're not the saint that you think you are right it could show you that you share a whole lot more with your quote unquote enemies than you care to realize exactly right and so these things startle people and the second those those ideas even start to creep up those possibilities even creep up you try to back away and you're like, well, this is my truth. And so therefore, now, again, you have your own little world, your own little pocket where you get to believe this one little thing. And you don't have to have any conversation. Of any nuance or any refinement. In the pursuit of something more than that, and it's dawned on you and I and probably people like us that share this aspect that. Finding the world in more of the way that it actually is, is so much more fulfilling and so much more beautiful than just allowing whatever concoctions that we've made up in our minds right. to rule. It's, it's so much more interesting and it's so much more immersive and, and eye opening, revelatory. It, it's so much more nourishing to really it's seek really to seek those things out. And so when I'm having a conversation with someone and they say you're trying to use science to describe the world, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to use tools of observation to get closer to the to truth. To get closer in the pursuit of truth. Yes, that is what I'm doing. And so if I use the word 360 and we have agreed in the world, that if the you world, start at the top and you go around in 360, you end up right back at the top. <laughs> but if you want to now take the word 360 and you want to just have it means whatever it is you want it to mean, because that's your truth. Again, when you start talking to people and you start using words, however you want them to be used, then you're you're exiled. Exactly. You have exiled yourself from the conversation because you know what that made me do. I, I just changed the conversation. Right. Right. We're not spending any time. Here. I'm not spending any time with that. Because, Wasting both of our time. Right. Because we can't even agree upon basic words. Right. Basic words. So how are we supposed to get into any mechanics of any complexities of life whatsoever? Right. So when Mikey's here and he said, well, based on my definition, he's a sweet guy. He's yeah. an optimist and he's giving room for the litany of definitions underneath the word yeah. racism, which nice which you which you ought to do, because right. there is a, a long list and there's institutional systemic racism. Right. right? And, you know, in the type of government or doctrine that inherently has the components or elements of, you know, prejudice towards someone's race, just just that in general. And then you just have, like I said, the boots on the ground version of it, which is. I don't like other races, I don't I don't I have an intolerance for them, I don't I don't want to learn about them. And the things that I think about them are not good, th they're <laughs> not. They're not positive. They're not encouraging. They're, they're all not loving. they're all degradations. Correct. Right. 
And so when we say things like based on my definition, we need to be able to have shared definitions for things, which is the beauty of dictionaries. Right. Right. And and we can have conversations about what the words inside of definitions mean to us and look those words up and try to come to some semblance of agreement. And I think that that's completely okay. I don't expect for when I say a word, you just completely understand what I'm Correct. saying. Absolutely. I think we should have a conversation about that. I think we should look words up. But we also shouldn't but, just completely disregard the actual definition and go by your personal definition that you have made up. And or, or just choose one of the four or five right. definitions that are there. Right. Like we should try to have Embody a full bodied, rounded, exactly. holistic conversation about all of the tools right. used through our observation in order to figure these things out. And it it's interesting to me when people neglect those things, when they do dismiss these things, because I, I look at them and this is not me talking about, again, anyone in particular, but I look at them and I I see the fear. It, it's this reminds me of that passage in, in Addie LaRue. Um, I believe that's where that came from. I don't know of um i forget exactly how you said it went but it's about this one character and 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 it was essentially what the what the author said that this person lives in truth this and, person what was it she does not um she does not encourage or speak fallacy in a world rife with empty speech right and and as we spoke about that not knowing who this fictional character is in the story, that little excerpt alone tells you so much about who this person is. Just like interacting with someone who obviously does not or is not able to face the truth or face the darkness right now. That tells you so much of who they are, which is interesting because you can probably guess who their friends are, what they listen to, who they don't listen to who they're probably even voting for because you, you, as you also say, they wear certain type of jerseys. Like these people always seem to kind of fall in line with the same ideas. These people, just people in general? No, people that, that decide to go by their own narrative and oh. their own truth. Okay. I feel like that tells at least me a lot about a person. If they're talking to you about how they have their own truths? Yes, and completely disregard just... A shared reality between people or even something as simple as a dictionary definition it's mm -hmm. like oh this is nice but like that's not how i that's not how i view it that's not what i think about it right yeah whatever situation that may be yeah it's it, it really really is interesting it's difficult because what i think i think for myself i i'm not sure how this has felt for you because i think you've been on this journey for over a decade now so this is certainly a bit different for you but as, as an adult person who has only come into this way of living very recently um if, if you're counting less than three years as a standard it's i think a bit easier to accept things when over and over over the past few years you have been faced with how your own truth was wrong over and over and over in every aspect of, of my life anyways. It's like this person who I thought it was, certainly wasn't. 
how I was moving in this world. That was a scared, super unaware person. The reason I was doing all of these things was not the reason that I thought was was leading the cause. So I think it's been a bit easier for me to step into into this way of living. So I can only imagine people who don't have open-minded human beings who, who maybe regard precision of speech like you do and, and are able to have so many different conversations from so many different viewpoints to not feed into my truth and into anything call me out on the fact that that is that is not correct that is not accurate and you should probably really think about that i think that's that's harder as you get older especially if that's not the content and the people you're constantly surrounding yourself with. Like, it's cool to li like listen to it from someone, but if this is not what you're ingesting in, in every sort of way possible, I think there's no hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's no hope. Yeah. Yeah, it would take a, a, a miracle in, in, in whatever sense we understand that word to kind of jolt someone yeah. out of that way of being if you're just indoctrinated and inundated, I should more so say, with a bunch of people around you that just encourage your your truth. Exactly. You know, yeah, that that is very very hard to to kind of get out of. Every once in a while, there's, I feel like it's just like someone getting out of the hood, mm. like a little baby or a Jay Z type of story. Right. I think it's the same type of odds. Like, it's the same type of odds for you to just be surrounded by nothing but barren wasteland, but somehow be the rose that grew out of the concrete. Right. Yeah, I feel like that doesn't really happen. Right. It's like a one in a million type of type of deal. Now, you spoke on something, and we should get into that. Okay. Um, which is the people that are around you. Yeah. This is a mm. huge part of truth, <laughs> right? That one's a hard one. It's a really, really, really hard, hard one um, because... Again, Mikey was like, you know, this is why I think that our group of friends in particular have remained as close as we are. And I was like, mm. like I agree to an extent and the extent isn't to a large one. Right. Like, th there are many, many things that sometimes a lot of what keeps relationships together is dismissal and neglect. It's That's, that's it's, it's beautifully to, it's, put. It's to not. It's to not say anything. Right. Right. And allow that person to just continue to live in whatever delusion that they have constructed for themselves. People are delusional. And, and so I'd really like to talk about this because. I'd love to talk about it. Because, you know, my, my father said to me, Earl, we're, this was just while we were eating wings, you know, having right. a beer. And he said, we're a really close-knit family. And when he said that, it really struck me. You know, mm -hmm. we're a close-knit family. And this is another thing that is... Thrown around. That is, that is thrown around and people could say that it's relative because I know that when he says that, he's probably... He's... I don't, I don't, I don't I have no idea how old my parents are, by the way. Like, I, I have... That makes sense I, for you. I have no clue how old he is. I, like, literally. I, I don't know. I know he's somewhere... I know he hasn't hit 60 yet. I think you're, he's like between 56 and 58. Yeah, and I'm not even fitting to do the math, like thinking about my birth certificate right now. But, okay, how about this? Uh, he, I think, I he, I think he was I think he was 21. 21 or, or 23 or something like that when he had me. 
So let's say he was mm-hmm. 23. Oh, mm-hmm. we're not good Yeah, let's get out of here. Okay, yeah, so anyways, listen. So <laughs> so the thing is, <laughs> just let the people laugh at us. Yeah, don't do us. that. Move yeah, on. terrible, terrible, terrible. Isn't that good? Um, I'm good with these words, guys, but don't let, me tell, let me tell you something. <laughs> get them fucking numbers out of here. Um, yeah, thank God you're good with words. Oh, boy. Uh, anywho. Yes. He said that, and I'm mm-hmm. certain he's come into many, many people where their families don't talk. Like, there is no line of communication. As dysfunctional as dysfunctional probably gets. As dysfunctional as dysfunctional gets, you said? Yeah. Yeah, or just not, or just abysmal. Just, that's what I mean, just not even, it's non-existent. Not even dysfunctional. Right, right. Dysfunctional is a word you use for something that just doesn't function well. Right. Right, but I'm just talking about all the parts of the machine. Nothing works. Taken apart and thrown 100 yards away from each other. Right, right. It's not dysfunctional. That shit is not. It's not together. It's not together. (laughs) Right. Right. So I'm certain he's seen that. Right, of course. And so when he sees us, he's like, no, we're closely knit. And if that is, if those are your parameters, right, then that makes then, yeah. all the sense mm-hmm. in the world. If that's the barometer that you use, that makes all the sense in the world. Mine would be different. So in this sense, it is a your truth type of deal that we're getting into. But I'm also interested in having the conversation of uh, can we come to a, a closer semblance of what our truths share and what they don't share? If we Can right. we have a Venn diagram of our different truths that would be good. and 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 it's not even truths because I'm not saying that mine is the truth I'm not saying his is but I just like to say it's it's my understanding of what of something coming but, together actually looks like versus because what when happens. because when you use the word truth it and this this is my issue with the, the truth and why my understanding seems so much different than that because when you use the word truth it makes it seem absolute because that is what truth is. Right. Truth is fact. Right. Or, or the closest thing to what we can get when we talk about a shared reality, if it's not just the, the universal truths, it is a human truth. Right. If it's a human truth, then that's the closest we can get and still understand that that's not the true truth of the matter. And that's fine. But it's our human truth. And we can agree upon that. That's fine. Now, I have an understanding of something and maybe there will be a, a more truth downloaded onto that system or downloaded onto that understanding as time comes. But by no means am I saying that what I'm saying is the ultimate Right, the truth. only truth. It's just, it's just my yeah. understanding of the matter. Right. So, what is closely knit? Like what what is a friend? What is a family member? What are those fundamental elements to those things? What are the building blocks? What what is the foundation what, of those things? And and what does what does closely knit look like? Does that mean that we come together twice a year and share meals? Or or that you you can give someone a call or that if if you need money I'll you you, you can you can have it sent right. to you. You know, if 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 that is what it means that there is a physical home that we can come back to. By the way, don't think for a second I'm taking that for granted. Correct. That's very important. Because 
That's a blessing. It's a huge blessing to feel like you have a home. Quick tangent on a home. That's like having a set of practices. So for me, I was explaining this to someone that listens to this podcast actually the other day on the phone. I was on the phone with them for an hour. Shout mm-hmm. out shout out to you. I was I was telling them, you know, through all these periods of my life where this person has known me and you've known me and other people have known me, where I decide to take a little detour, mm-hmm. right? Kind of get off the beaten path and or not the beaten path, but my chosen path and just go do something else. Like smoke a ton of cigarettes and pop Adderalls <laughs> until my eyes are and then be popping out of my months. head and just eating lollipops and Red Bull and getting <laughs> no sleep or exercise and just fucking whatever it is I'm doing. The only reason why I ever felt like I could do that and I didn't feel like I was losing my mind is because there was always home for mm. me. Now, I don't mean a physical home when I say that. Right. I mean that I always had a set of practices to come back to. I I always felt like I could do something destructive, self-destructive. And bounce right back. And bounce right back. Because I knew that in 24 hours time, if I went to the gym, sat in a sauna and sweat a ton of toxins out for 35 minutes, ate some nutritious foods meditated heavily, stretched heavily, fasted a few days later, got great sleep, you're done, woke up, took a cold shower and fasted the next day. I'm back. (laughs) Right. I snap right back. Like it's, it, that is home. Right. And when you have a home, which again, I do not take for granted, whether it be figurative or literal speaking, you know, you can come back to a place that is warm. Right where there right. where there's love and there's comfort and there's meaning, profound, That's prodigious meaning. Prodigious meaning, yeah. And so, regardless of if that is literal or figurative, I do not take that for granted because sometimes you just out in the wind, doing stuff nothing. and ain't no home to go back to, ain't no set of practices to come back to, literally. Or figuratively, there is no home to come back to. So you just in the wind. I was saying this to my friend the other day. I was like, imagine, because we use the word grounded a lot. And he said, oh, you seem grounded. It's a great term to use because my feet are on the ground. That means I know where up is. I know where down is. I know where left is. I know where right is. And I know where I stand in the middle of all that. That is called orientation. Right. When you don't have that, you are disorientated. They're suffering from subluxation. Subluxation. <laughs> Shout out Shout to Kate. Oh, Rachel. I'm sorry. Kate, Jesus, you just be throwing white girl names around. That is anyway, not so, what you should have said. So, so, imagine being sucked up in a cyclone of sorts, a tornado, a tsunami. You just underneath. You actually, you a beach girl. You like <laughs> why? Why did no, you? You a beach girl? You what like is you that? like you like water. I do. You I grew, grew up, up on, on the water, on the water on the right? I'm yes. more of an inland dude. Yes. I grew up in the mountains, hiking and camping and all that. You like the water. I, I wasn't. I wasn't really huge in that, but I would get in the water, boogie board, and was it was that sort of surfing that you do just on the skimboarding? Uh, skimboarding. skimboarding is fun. That you is can get fucked fun. up though. Because that yeah, sometimes that bull will fly up from underneath your feet and you'll be on the ground like Charlie Brown when he was trying to kick the football. You got to make sure that you tie it, though. 
You have to buy one of the good ones. Oh, I wasn't trying to tie it. Come on, where the fun in that? You got to have a little bit of, because when you know that you don't have a contingency plan, you focused. Oh, I'm so focused. Oh, you're talking about the boogie board being attached to you. Like when you're in the water riding it. I'm talking about ride, like the oh, wave hitting like the, the beach. the hard ones. Oh, you're right. I'm talking about the wave hitting the beach and you're just on a small platform. And once the wave kind of goes away from the beach, you throw the board out. And then you jump on it. And then you jump on it and try to ride just mm, whatever whatever water is left on the beach, on the sand. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, maybe I didn't do that. It's sort of like hydroplaning. Like there's a very thin mm. layer of water underneath the board and you just jump on it and try to skid it across the sand. Exactly. Okay. Anyway. Yes, I grew up on the water. If you've ever been taken on the undertow For sure. of a wave, disoriented is the perfect word. Because you don't know <laughs> what is up, down, left. You don't know. You, you might smack up. your head on something. Your ankle got twisted. You, you trying to the boogie board may have come and hit you in the head and because the you have it attached to your <laughs> wrist so now the damn cord oh, comes right. and yanks and hits you in the head it's with the true. boogie board you get fucked up but i'll tell you one thing you are is disoriented for sure that's what i'm talking about yeah that is how people feel a lot of the time just walking through life day to day because there is no home no practice so that is the home tangent. I'm back. <laughs> if you're just saying you have a home to come back to, I'll give you money. You can have food, clothes, all very, very important things. Then, yes, many of us are closely right. knit then. Thankfully, if, for the most part. Right. A lot of us have a closely knit family. Now, maybe I can acknowledge those things. And I still wouldn't throw the term closely knit. Yes, 100%. On it. Maybe we're knit. We're knitted. Because we share blood. We, 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 we share care, blood and, and we, we care can, about each other. And we can come back to one another. Right. I'm never going to call you and you're going to be like, get the fuck off my phone. Yeah. Right? So we're knitted. Like we, right. it, It's not just sharing of blood. We can share some words. We, we can come to each other's houses and we can take care of each other. And, it, and that, is, that is immense. Right. That's, very that's beautiful. And then there's something much deeper than that. And there's true meaning in interactions. Then there's truthful meanings in the pursuit of meaning and truth amongst our interactions. Exactly. And that is a completely different level of relationship with another living, breathing, conscious Very different. person. You don't share those with people in case you were wondering. What's like, that? Like, true, meaningful relationship with people. For the most part, most people don't share them. It's very difficult to attain that sort of relationship. That doesn't just happen. And so, that is why, when I have been presented from various people, like, oh, our friend group is like this, or the family's like this, I'm like, interesting. Right. I suppose that's your truth. I suppose that's your understanding of the matter. But there is more conversation to be had about it outside of just what you have come up with so far. And it'd be interesting for you to hear a retort to that, a rebuttal to that, maybe just an expounding piece of feedback to what it is you have to say about what you think is closely knit. And that is clearly what it is I, I try to, I do here for sure. Right. 
and is also just a part of me now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't really get away from it. It's one of those things like once you're that, you're, you're just that. And you can't live a truthful life or a, a, a happy life if you are trying to be as truthful as possible in every way you can, but then make exceptions for certain people or certain aspects of your life mm. because of whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That is the most miserable thing in the world. That it just it can't work that way. You have personal experience in this. <laughs> yes, I have personal experience in this. Yeah, it's... I don't know how long ago it was, actually. I wish I could remember. But whilst coming into this this way of living truthfully, living truthfully with myself, with with people around me, and, and the people around me took me a bit longer when it came to friends. Closer relationships were a bit easier because these other people were sort of on the same wave. So that was very nice to be able to come together that way. But especially for my parents, I have been very unhappy for a long time, especially since I moved on my own. I was able to see things a bit differently and, and realize how unhappy I was with our interactions. And I spoke with Kian the last part we did together about my mom throwing me these birthday parties that I was never inquired about if I wanted them, what I wanted, how I wanted it. I have extreme gluten intolerance and every time she just made me a gluten full cake. It's like, mom, it's been years and you're still out here with the same fucking cake. I don't understand. (laughs) And it got to the point where I don't need to give the situation, but a situation arose and I was, I would say distraught. I was very upset and I just couldn't understand how these people were not willing to have a conversation with me. And and I decided to be very truthful with my parents. The most truthful I could be about how I felt about our relationship and how I felt as though our quality time was not quality time at all. Because here I am driving an hour and 20 minutes to come visit you at your home. And one is on the computer searching car parts and then the other one is on their phone on Facebook. And I'm just sitting in the living room for two hours and then I drive back home and I decided to tell them how unhappy I was with all of our interactions and how I would love to have plenty of conversation however long it took and however many if it took the rest of our life to just try to figure out how to how to get to know each other truly and how to spend time with each other and that's something that they were certainly not ready for so my stipulation was very clear it's that we either get family therapy or I don't speak to you ever again. And those were words that I said to my parents. And by no means am I saying this and saying that this is very easy and very simple. It was absolutely daunting and terrifying. And, and one of the most difficult things that I have ever done. But then once it was done and then once I processed it, it felt so liberating. And it almost felt as though I was like tripping on mushrooms. Like I was microdosing. I remember the next few days after that and I felt just an openness and a calm and 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 it was just like truth was just flowing through my body it, it felt absolutely amazing and you know my parents they certainly obviously love me and and i i do care for them greatly but i refuse to settle for anything less than meaningful relationships with people that i care about that doesn't mean that i'm not gonna speak to people or be around people that are not wanting to interact the way that I interact, but I'm also not going to go out of my way to to give you my time, which is extremely, extremely valuable to me. So once I did that, believe it or not, my relationship with them over the past year has gotten a bit better and they have 
come to meet me or meet me on my terms. And and it's not and I don't say that to just say that I'm living my truth and, and you just have to meet me there and no conversations can be had. The issue is that most people don't want to have truthful conversations. And that's where everything crumbles because I am I'm ready, willing, and able to talk to anyone about anything anywhere at all moments in time, but people are not ready for that. So unless you're able to to face the truth together with me, then we're just we're not going to be doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You either come hang out with me over here or we don't hang out. Mm-hmm. So that has worked for me tremendously and I would never go back. It's it's amazing. And again, that's why I say that there's still work to be done. It, it's certainly, I think, going to be quite the long, long journey. But yeah, you if you want to live a happier, meaningful life, you have to make extremely difficult decisions. Yeah. What is Jordan Peterson has a quote about that? Um, I don't remember exactly, but sort of like this quote on the back end of humiliation comes triumph. That was that was some sort of humiliation of realizing that I had I have to tell my parents who gave me everything in my life. Literally everything for the most part. Hey, you either do this thing or I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to come see you. I'm not going to do anything. And I didn't. I didn't call them or visit my home for nine months. But they came around. And and it's certainly been much, much better. Yeah, it's just, this is just not for everyone. This is not for everyone. It takes, it takes special it takes immense, people. It takes immense courage. It does. To move forward in that way. What I will say is that it's so as you just spoke on so rewarding oh my god it's it's like your life becomes so adventurous i mean it transforms in a way that you can never understand when you try to search for truth and meaning in everything when you just look in people's eyes and just try to be authentic you just and it's not necessarily again because maybe that sounds oxymoronic to say to try to be authentic but again to just open yourself to the experience of the search of truth yeah right and it's not always like super deeply existential sometimes it's it's simply it's just being honest honest that's it it's just being truthful it's that's that's all it is i do love attention attentiveness right so i was telling you earlier there have been so many hours put into this for me mm-hmm. that i know immediately when i'm talking to someone whether i want to continue to talk to them right or not. immediately whether they are paying attention and if if I need to continue to invest my time and effort into this. And as you said, time is so valuable. It's so valuable because all this can just be gone. And I just don't, I'm done taking it for granted in at least the way that I was before. I'm certain I'm still not even going to be able to completely open myself up to the the wonder that is life because if you really did you would just be looking around like a baby all the time just <laughs> right. like in, just completely just. as that term came up in a dm by the way shout out to jessica just dazzled right right but not a contented dazzlement i mean just a dazzled dazzlement just 
you're looking around and you're disoriented from the dazzlement. Like there's just nothing. You can't complete anything because you're doing nothing but looking around. But to the degree that I can be grateful for everything that's going on, I'm trying my best to tune into that more and more and more and dropping out from the rest of it. Because it's not to say either, you know, that that walking on this path of truth that... I guess, how do I word this, is is that everything, like, once you decide to to live in this way, that everything is going to be able to be easy for you to decipher when it comes to your interactions with people. Like, you're so going to get dragged in, then that's why I say I have plenty to go. Because every once in a while, like, I'll fall into these, these little ruts of my interactions with people or just wanting to be or move too fast or, or I'm slightly mindless and, and things certainly don't work out exactly how they should have because I'm, I'm not being intentional and in, in, in paying attention to the truth or what it is that I'm doing. But that what you practice goes stronger. It's like bringing yourself back into meditation. It's like, all right, we lost it there for a second, but like, we're going to try again. But again, the goal is always to be better than, than you were before. And so you've remarked on something on and off the pod to me. Right. And it is... Your interest in my degree of precision of speech. <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's frustrating. Right. But it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's one of those things where, and, and truth falls into this perfectly. Yes. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's perfect. And Now, what is it that you're talking about when you say my precision of speech? So let's let, the, let's let the people in on the conversation. I guess most people fall sort of on my side of the world. Because there's so, I don't think there's really another Earl, but if there are, there's very far few in between. And, and what I mean by that is someone who not only embodies truth, but has such an amazing, absolutely impeccable skill at communication. Truly, it almost feels like it's, it's slightly perfected. It doesn't even make any sense sometimes. And a lot of us, or I've come to realize, I shouldn't just speak for people in general, but I've come to realize, and, and it happens more so, or it's been happening more recently because I feel like, though, thankfully, I'm becoming slightly more mindful as time goes on, which is the plan, which is why I practice all of my practices daily. But I often speak, and, and especially when we're in conversation, and I believe that I am expressing what it is that I am I am saying correctly. I'm, I have this thought that I want to share with you when I say the thought. And I guess we can go back to this um, conversation we were having at work. I think you may remember it slightly better than I, I do when it comes to verbatim what we said. But you had remarked on something. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I was saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, well, no, that's not what you're saying. I was like, oh, why are you why do you get to say this thing? But now you're telling me that that's not what I'm saying. Mm. And what was missing there was the word could. Yes, you were saying that you think that someone was doing something. You heard someone speak about something on the podcast. Yes. And you said, I think that when this person said this, this is what it is they were doing. And to me, I said that because I'm thinking of, okay, I'm sharing my opinion, which is subjective. Which means that I don't know for certain if this is in fact what they meant. Mm. So to me, that meant the same thing as 
having could in there or not, which is right. why I didn't place it there because I was like, oh, this means the exact same thing regardless. Mm. And then we speak about it and, and we break it down and it's certainly that word almost changes everything because that is, it does sound like I'm saying like, this is what they're saying versus this is what I think they could be saying. Yeah. And that is not the same. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not quite the same thing. And I understand that I'm also nitpicky about these words. And, you know, even people listening right now are going to be like, nigga, really? Right. Relax. And, <laughs> and, and so my thing is this. I often think that people are not incorrect in what it is they're saying. You say that, I right. usually think that they're just unfinished, unfinished. in right. what it is that they're saying. And it it leaves a lot of it leaves a lot more room for interpretation mm -hmm. when people speak as opposed to trying to make something more succinct or trying to refine it and polish the edges and say exactly what it is you're talking about and we all fall short of that a lot of the time right which is why it is why it is um it is incumbent upon the mm -hmm. listener, the interlocutor, to right. be listening so that you can question what someone else is saying appropriately. Now, again, this is about the search for truth. Exactly. So you both have to share that. A lot of the reason why it's frustrating is because you have not been around people that one actually give a fuck about <laughs> right. what it is you're saying to the degree in which they ought to mm -hmm. if they really want to know what your opinion is on something. Or two, don't know that they need to ask questions to a certain degree to understand what right. it is that you're actually trying to say. Um, yeah. That's 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 yeah. that's roughly it. Like either they don't care or they don't know that they don't know what it is you're actually saying because they've grown up in a culture where people don't ask pointed questions enough. And so when someone's talking to me, I try my best to not make up in my mind what it is I think they're talking about. I try to ask questions. Yeah to figure out what it is they're talking about, which is, again, the search for truth. It's it's not the search for your truth. Right. It's just the search for the understanding that it is you have. It's the search for your epistemology, right? Your thought process, the why you think you know what you think you know. It, right. That's, that's really what it is. I'm trying to get to that thing. And... Again, most people don't even care enough about what it is they're taught, what's coming out of their mouth right. enough saying words. to even want to clarify these things. They, they just because, again, if you feel disheartened or discouraged at doing so because you lack a certain vocabulary or you actually lack a certain understanding of something, then you'll just you'll just close yourself off and right. just say it's my truth. I don't have to explain myself to you. <laughs> right. It's right. my it's my truth. It's not for you to even understand. Don't worry about it. Exiled. It's, right. And and that's what's interesting because whilst don't get me wrong, it certainly can be a bit frustrating because it, it is sort of like a early does it not make sense? I, I just said exactly what you said. I also find it 
a true blessing to be able to reap the benefits of those interactions because that is polishing my speech. And I certainly, it's it's very frustrating to me. I think it's very nice um, when people tell me that I do a good job at explaining myself. I certainly don't believe that mm. at all. I, I think it certainly feels nice to hear that. But I think I'm really, really bad at doing this thing. There are going to be people that don't understand that last part. So let me let me break that down. The, the, okay. could, the could part, like why there was an issue there. Because there are going to be people that are listening. It's like, I don't understand okay, the difference yeah, between, between yeah. Von Marie saying, I think this person was saying this versus I think this person could have been saying this. Yeah. And it's usually because the could adds this element of ambiguity right. it adds this element of there might be a comma coming afterwards now if you don't use the comma in the first iteration right. of it then i'm i am to think that you think this is what the person is doing or saying period and it leaves no room for any other possibilities right now now of course abstractly thinking right it, it most certainly could because you said i think this is what's going on not this is what's going on right but when i try to speak about things i would say i think that this is what this person could have been saying and then immediately stating why i could be wrong right because, again, for me, that standpoint is simply a standpoint. It's not something I'm attached to. I could be wrong. It doesn't really matter if I am. It'd be right. if it is if I am wrong, it'd be awesome to figure out how I'm wrong so that I could update the system and therefore, you know, refine the lens right. in which I'm looking through. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Right. That's a scientist standpoint on something. And sorry, go ahead. Well, so, yeah. So I just wanted to fi uh, finish that up by saying a lot of times when people talk. They speak in absolutes and it's and it's not usually followed up with a comma. And I could that could not be the case because maybe I'm not taking this into account as much or that what's what's missing is the steel manning of the other exactly. argument. And so without the without the procession of words that exemplify the retort, any retort towards what it is you're saying, right? Or any other possibilities aside from what it is you're saying, it does come off because it's conventional. It doesn't mean it has to be what it is you're saying, but it is conventional for people to say, nah, this is what I think is happening, which kind of translates to, yeah, like this is what's happening. Because you have no, exactly. because you have, you have exhibited no other option right. you have you have shown no other way of looking at it or no you know no way of shedding light on how you could be misleading right. or misleading or or blind blinded you know by by something right. else like there there is no other way so for me i just like to cover as many bases as I can. And so when I'm speaking because of that inner dialogue we've been speaking about yeah. so much, I'll say something. But as I'm saying something, I also understand another way of right. saying it and how I could be seeing a blind spot. Right. And then I'll take that position on as well and say, oh, but you know, I could definitely be wrong for this, that, and the third reason. Right. 
you know, this is what could be happening. It could not for these various reasons, but this is my understanding and why I think that this is what's happening until I come up with a better reason as to why it's right. not or something I feel like is forceful or dynamic enough to blow that logic over, right. then this is what I have for now. If you have something better, exactly. then I'd love to listen to that because in my mind, the best idea wins. Right. Always. It's, it's as it should. But yeah, no, that's that's very important for me because again, whilst it certainly can be very frustrating and for me, it's frustrating because it makes me realize over and over how really not good I am at this thing but I'm also very thankful to be able to share these experiences of now I'm going to do my best to whenever I am sharing my opinion about what I think may be happening like I'm certainly I, I feel very certain that could is going to pop up in my mind and maybe I won't I'll miss it one time but it, it it'll be floating around somewhere that that will polish my speech a bit more because I don't possess the internal dialogue abilities as you do of being able to steel man myself that quickly and just have all these perspectives floating around. But what I do want to do, and, and I try my best, and I certainly should pick up a bit more tools and, and polish that, is to say what, what it is that I mean. I don't ever just want to say something flippantly and have it be left for someone's interpretation. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't want that to be the case, and I would love to have a conversation you know, and, and maybe still mount that with someone else and hear other perspectives. And like you said, go with what makes most sense. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do always. But I I never say things, even though it probably sounds that way all the time. Like I want to leave them up for interpretation. And, and that's something that I not only respect, but I value greatly. So whilst your precision of speeches is certainly unlike anything I've ever experienced, I think is absolutely amazing. And I think it's a necessity. I think I, th I think so. P it, it matters. You know, again, Jocko Willick spoke to Jordan Peterson mm -hmm. about this, that I forgot what he was doing. I think he was majoring in English or something like that when he was in college. And well, I think he went to major in English to get better at speaking and writing for his job. Was that not right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he was majoring in English and composition. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the reason he was doing that is because he understood that as he it's went amazing. into the military, it was going to matter how he got the message across to his superiors. Right. Because if the superior sent an order down the pipeline and he had to take him and his squad into a war zone with that particular set of coordinates and, and orders at hand, and he thought it was a bad idea from the superiors, he had one shot <laughs> right. to convince them otherwise because he knew that was going to be a bad plan and it was life or death. People were going to die. Him included. Right? And so those are high stakes situations. And we're talking Highest. about words. We're talking about communication. Right. So right. he was trying to figure out, OK, how can I be the best communicator possibly so my people do not die on the job? Because that's what it comes down to for me. That's so commendable. And I think it's the, I think it's the same thing yeah. for everyone. I just don't think that people we, we just don't teach it that way. Yeah. But everything, the next war that takes place is is going to be held in the balance by communication. 
Oh, yeah. And the next little war in your life or anyone's life listening to this is going to be held in the balance by communication. And the way that information is communicated from one entity to the next and how it's received. And if you do not care about that at all, you are going to find yourself disoriented. I've been saying disorientated, disoriented. Have you? Hmm. Yes. Disoriented in various upcoming events in your life, which is all of them for a long, long time. And you're going to be wondering why it's happening. It could be in your relationship. Someone says, you don't help out around the house. Like, can you help out around the house? And you say, all right, that's great. I'm going to help out around the house. Thank you so much for voicing your opinion. I'm going to do that shit. And then the next day, you take the trash out. You ain't never taking the trash out. You take the (laughs) trash out, and then your spouse comes home, whatever, your significant other comes home, and you doing whatever it is you like to do now. You're reading a book, you're playing video games, whatever, and you got a smile across your face because you're going to be like, wait till they see I took the (laughs) trash out. And then they start yelling at you. You motherfucker. They're like, what? you just told me you were going to help out around the house. And you like, what the fuck is going on? I, I just took the trash it. out. The dishes is dirty. The laundry hasn't been no done. No one made the bed. No one made the bed. Cat Ain't litter. no fucking food yeah. anywhere. Ain't no food in the fridge. Like Bathroom's dirty. All sorts of shit going on. Bills ain't paid. And you're like, oh, shit. Now, you said... You were going to help out around the house. We never spoke about what the stipulations there are. Were n- there was no precision of speech yeah. in that. So your idea of what helping out around the house is, it, that did not translate. You just said something that was very vague. And you didn't know how vague it was because you haven't been trained on precision of speech. You did not say what it was you were going to do and how often you were going to do it and why you think you ought or ought not do certain things. Or why you don't care about certain things. Why maybe, again, the other person shouldn't necessarily care. We've had these conversations, right? When you're having a conversation and things, a lot of the tapestry of the relationship is going to be based on values. What values do we share? Right. And what values, not only do we share, what values do I think of yours are stupid right like that's that's very different than just not sharing them what if you like the something you really care about i think is the dumbest thing in the world that's going to cause issues for sure because i'm looking at you like why do you think that that matters now that could be your truth or your understanding but we're gonna but what is going to have to happen in order for any relationship to work is cooperation. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out how to operate this thing in a collaborative sense. We have to see right? together. So we have to see together. Conversacion. Mm-hmm. We have to see together. Right. So it's not about your truth and it's not about my truth. It's about what makes the most sense. What makes and the most sense? Like we It's bo- difficult. And you have to hone your skills on trying to decipher that for yourself let alone articulate it try to unearth what things are worth aiming for right and so if you have a value and i think the the thing that you're worried about constantly is stupid and you're just like why are my feelings not validated 
It's like you can feel that. Yeah. That's fine. You might need to feel that shit over there, though, <laughs> because over right. here I can articulate to you why what it is you're spending a lot of your emotional and mental energy towards is soul sucking. Yeah. And if I have a great idea and I can articulate that. I can compose that for you. I can write it out. Right. MLA format. I'll give you the cited research, like with bibliography, whatever it is you need. (laughs) Then that ought to win. Right. Same thing on your side or whoever is having the conversation. The better ideas ought to win. It's not about just coddling people so that you can encourage and further foster their delusional truths. That is the biggest disservice you could ever do to a human being. It's a vi- it's such a large disservice. That's that's why being this- nice in and of itself is not a virtue. It's not. Je- just being nice and wanting the best. I mean, that's a world that we that is That's how you that, that is a world that is that we are living rife with right now, right? Empty speech as well as just coddling. That is what the comfort crisis is is largely about by Michael Easter. Great book. Everyone should go check it out. Easy read. But but people think just being accepting of what people want to be or what they want to do or what they want to say is the highest virtue. But at what point... At what cost? At, at what cost? No, it's very like what true. if what if what I want to be is a serial killer? What if that's how I feel and that's my truth? Well, honey. Now, now, th- now that is an extreme, yeah. and people say, "Earl, why do you use an extreme?" The same reason I use it every single time because true. once you make an extreme, that means that there is clearly a cutoff point, right? And if there's a cutoff point then that means that there's clearly a spectrum. Exactly. And then we can start working inside that spectrum and, and start having conversation and start understanding all the little details and nuances and complexities that compose this spectrum, yeah. which means we can work our way back from that extreme. There are many things that people can do that are nice for you that will cripple you for the rest of your life. I can just say nice things to you Always. I can always say the sweet things to you. Always say the sweetest of things and never let you know where you're failing. Exactly. And how you could be better. Never pushing you. Never challenging you. Well, never strengthening the muscles. Never, ever. None I, of the muscles. None, mental or physical muscles. None of them. Yeah, no, from, from my personal experience, whilst... I, like you, I'm very thankful to have a home to come back to and parents that will give me all of the money that they have and (laughs) they will show up at anywhere at any moment in time if needed. And I feel very, very thankful to have that because obviously not many people do. I was also, you know, done a disservice in my childhood of being coddled to every degree Mm. whilst, you know... Whilst I was in that moment, not awake and looking at the truth, it was awesome that I came home to a warm meal every day. I never had to do my laundry. I never had to clean up after myself. I never had to do the dishes. I never had to do anything that I didn't want to. And I came home to a bag of Hershey Kisses, like weekly, right. on my bed. And the I, M- M&Ms. The M&Ms, they got me. So that was awesome. You know, and then and then you move out, and but then you're 24. And then you're starting to figure things out. And you're like, what the f- what the fuck? have i what is what am i gonna do like it's my first time doing laundry and i have to cook for myself 
And I have to do all of these things that I was never taught. And I have to take accountability for myself. And like, if I don't do this thing, then it just doesn't get done. Like, this is, this is crazy. So breaking, breaking out of that, it, it certainly has gotten easier over time, but it, it's not perfect in my life just yet. And, and it sometimes is, is certainly very difficult. Because that is the biggest disservice you could ever do to a human being. Yeah, it's, it's to not it's, hold them accountable. It's to not be like, hey, Von Marie, right now, you're overweight. <laughs> like, you should not be over 100 pounds at 11 years old. That's kind of ridiculous. Maybe you shouldn't have this bag of Hershey Kisses. Maybe you should do this thing. Maybe you should probably put your clothes away. Maybe you should do everything that you're not doing right now. So, you know, it certainly obviously came from a very, very loving place. Of course, of course. Which is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I was very spoiled. And I remember being very proud of that when people, you know, when I would tell people I, I knew the life that I was given. I knew that I was extremely spoiled. And I felt great about it. I was like, oh, my parents do all these things for me. You know, I'm very, very thankful, very lucky. I think that's the worst thing you could do for a child. Like, of course, it could be way worse. You could be getting beat and you could have no food on the table. And, and there's obviously a spectrum. Of course, of course. And this is also not at all the right way to prepare someone for the real world. Because then the hard work has to begin later on in life. And that shit is hard. <laughs> it is hard to be an adult and take accountability for yourselves. And, and, and live in truth. And realizing that you have got, you got a long way to go. You, you have not been living this life like most people for a really long time. And that's not to say, because you, you say that a lot, and that's not to, because you're making it seem like most people have just been living a life of consciousness and, and accountability. Oh, no, and, no, and that's not what I noble mean. virtues. Like, no, that's not what I mean. If that's what you want to do, then they can go into that. But, you know, I recognize that that is not. What, is that what you're saying? You said if you like to go into that, go. What are you? What are you talking about? No, you, because you'll say, "I didn't get to do these things that most people did," and you, you keep saying most oh, people right. as if we you're live right. in a world no. filled with people that that's just that just strive for noble qualities, and like that's not that's not it. And so that's why I tell yeah. you, you're you're in a much larger pool, and you a lot of the times you think that it was just you that grew no, up in a house crippled by their parents in various ways. It's just and that, that just, most people are not choosing to live this other path. Most people are trying or well, let me not say most people are trying. Most people have been crippled by the past generation that Correct. raised them. And the ones that are trying to fix and correct for those, you know, they're trying to fix and correct for those. And it happens in various ways. So yeah. there are a lot of ways that you got things that other people did not. For sure. And they'll have to correct for those things. Correct. Absolutely. And maybe they got some of the things that you didn't and you'll have to correct no, for those things. And it, and then they're all mixed together. And mm -hmm. then there are different shades of yeah. all of those mixing. So it's very, very complex it thing is. to talk about. But people are just a lot of times are trying to get better. A lot of times they're trying to, again, make make a course correction yeah. for how they were raised the first 15, 20 years of their life. They're like, oh, that wasn't quite right, was it? Or like, oh, maybe I, sh yeah. I shouldn't have been. Why did my parents do that? Why did they not do this? Like, okay, I have to my dad was telling me when he grew up, the I love you and the kisses, that was something that was mm -hmm. not a thing. Right. So he made it a point. My sons are going to know I love you and kisses right. growing up. Right. And so I always got I love you and kisses from my dad. 
And that's just one of the things that he tried to correct for. Right. Right. And then so on and so forth. So, you know, that's 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 just how it goes. That's just what people are up to. It's but it's very. I just wish like I always I think I express this to you. I wish I could give people the feeling that I have so they could just hold on to it for a second about like walking in the darkness in the light that comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like like just hold like this equanimity for a second whilst this not to say that this is how I feel every day at all moments in time but realizing that I'm I'm in a much better spot than I was 3 years ago, 2 years ago, 3 months ago, 3 weeks ago. That feels amazing. And it's certainly difficult to not stay in the sort of shameful spot of of all these little downfalls and pitfall, pitfalls that are certainly bound to happen. But just when when you really sit with the progress that you've made and the fact that you are really doing your best to get closer to truth and, and to become whatever version of yourself is the best at that moment, that feels so nice and it's worth walking through all the metaphorical pins and needles and through the fire and whatever else you you may envision it as. Yeah. Like and that that is unlike anything that I could I could describe and I would just wish that I could just be like hey take that for a second. Yeah, that's why I say that the the adventure and the transformation that comes with living life in the pursuit of truth and mm-hmm. meaning is is unlike anything else like it's truly an adventure it's like your 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 whole such a journey is an odyssey be, because because that is the core that is like the core reactor to the machine now that you are and that is your life and so everything that comes from that or comes into proximity to that touches that is now powered yeah. by that and therefore everything in your life changes right the way that you talk to people changes the way that people look at you changes the, the words that they use with you changes it, like everything just erupts in blossoms right it just completely morphs into a life that was completely unable to be seen by you before right it was there the whole time but you had no access to it. Right. And you you wouldn't know unless you know. It's it's the most beautiful, beautifully transformative thing of all time. And you don't know if you don't know. You just you just don't. To me, first I just want to remark on that whilst it's extremely frustrating and, and you have experienced many of these moments with me of Certainly, I'm sure, frustrating on your end because what you're saying in your mind, you're saying and not only it perfectly, but it makes perfect sense. And I'm having a very hard time distilling that information and understanding why it is that you're thinking this way and why you think that this is the best option at the moment because my mind is not seeing it that way. And whilst it's extremely frustrating for a second, or more than a second, to realize, holy crap, my eye was... Not only did I waste two hours of our time, I was sometimes out of pocket and in, in certain in how I what I was behaving or what I was saying, but then the truth or the triumph that comes out of that, it's like okay, like whew, like now I get it, like and and not, 
not to say that those moments are not repeated and sometimes too often, but it feels really nice to be able to to always end up or for the most part understanding what it is that went wrong and what I have to take accountability for. Mm-hmm. That feels that feels really, really good. And maybe that moment doesn't last for as long as it should. Because obviously the the at least to me, the shame overtakes a little bit because it's certainly not a nice feeling to realize that you were not a nice person or maybe we're restricting yourself from understanding something because your emotions and your ego were in the way. That's that's not an awesome feeling, but it feels great to be able to, to at least to me, to take accountability for those things. Yeah, it's a to lot. To have that option. It's, it's a lot that comes together. As I said, it's not just going to be psychedelic drugs that give you a way out. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, you know, it's not simply going to have a seated meditation five minutes a, a day. day, you know, once it's a, a week. It's a combination for, of many Yeah, things. like you really have to delve into a lifestyle. But, you know, I really do think that very few people can do this without psychedelics. Mm. I really think that that's a huge key. I'm not saying it's everything. It depends on when you start, I would think. Because, again, if you grow up in a household where that's all your parents are talking about that or that's true. what they're that doing, then that's that's what that's you know. Life. Yeah. So that understanding comes at a very, very early age because you're so curious and you're just yeah. soaking it up. And that's exactly what I feel now mm-hmm. is the more mindful you become, the more you're looking out and you're present enough to be able to absorb everything at every single moment in time. And when you're doing that, things will settle into your mind, into your psyche and percolate and distill into something useful in ways that you won't even have to work for. You don't, that's the thing. You don't have to work for it. Really. You just have to work on the tool of observation. Right. And once you can learn to just sit back and observe things for some people, but for sure. But, But once you start to just observe things again, you can't talk about something you didn't observe. Yeah. So once you you start with the observations, the thinking comes after, the articulation comes after that. So once you start observing things and you just start just suction cupping things through your eyes and through your senses, everything at all points in time, it that is real. It sounds so weirdly witchcraft to talk about feeling the textures around you. What do your pants feel like? Right. What does the air around you feel like? What are you smelling? What are you tasting? Exactly. Like, what are you learning? What is the person saying in front of you? What are the words that they're using? What are the words that they're not using? What are you reading in between the lines? What's the overall arc of what they're saying? What is the gist of what they're saying? What does the conversation that you're having with them mean for your relationship with right. that person in the moment? Because every moment you're sharing with someone, one of three things is happening. Your relationship is deteriorating. <laughs> it's yes. getting better. Right. Or it's probably just skating. It's just maintaining. Right. It's roughly where it was before you started having the conversation. Which I don't know if that's good or bad. One of those things are is happening. Right. When you're talking to someone, being aware of that and trying to... See what that is like after you're done with the conversation, whatever the case is. But these are all things that are enveloped in day-to-day life for us regular-ass human beings walking this planet. 
And the more you tap into those things, just wisdom and knowledge just starts to settle on you. Right. It, ju- it just does. Again, you don't have to sit and try to think really hard about these things. If you're there for stuff, your your brain will do what it can with the information. Right. It'll process that information in ways that you'll you'll never you'll never know. You'll have a conversation with someone and then a the day later something may happen to you. Your eyes may open, maybe a week, right. maybe a month, maybe a year. You know, you, you never you never know. But the more you live, you'll gain perspective and hindsight and you'll look back and see how things have been working out throughout the years and the months. And you're like, wow, I remember when that seed was planted. Again, as I recently learned, this fucking bamboo seed, this Chinese Chinese bamboo tree is planted in the ground and you have to water and tend to this seed where you planted it for five years. Every day. Nothing happens. You have to do it every single day for five years before it will start sprouting and break through the earth. And then in the next five weeks, it will grow 90 feet. 90 feet. Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you just don't know how nurturing works on you through time. Yeah. But from my experience, it's something like that. It is. It certainly is. Yeah, I'm 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 so excited to keep getting older and to keep honing on my practices because I, I certainly I can certainly recognize that I I'm more ungrateful than I would like to be at the moment mm. with my shortcomings because they sometimes take over me and I'm walking around like what the fuck is this for? Like I feel like I'm right back where I started. I feel like nothing is happening and I'm just completely lost in this very small almost always meaningless moment and whether i'm I'm brought back through conversations or my interactions with people or whatever else it may be it's it's certainly an amazing feeling to definitely truthfully and honestly recognize what progress has been done and how much work has has been put in there and that reminds me of bella from work if you're listening to this i very much appreciate you she, we were speaking, and I think it was when we went out to get dinner last week or the week before, and I forgot how this came about, but she mentioned you as well. She was like, yeah, you just, you and Earl have this way of speaking that is just always intentional. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Because I hardly get told these things, and that is what I'm striving for. I'm, I'm trying to be as intentional as I can, and it was really nice to hear that from someone who doesn't necessarily know me very well, and we have just formed a new, a new friendship. This is still pretty in its early stages. And and she also remarked on the fact that, in her words, is whilst we may just be shooting, shooting the shit and just having a fun time, there is still intention and meaning behind it. It's not just empty words. And that is exactly what I strive for. Because I, I want to shoot the shit and I want to have a fun time. And that's something that I've gotten lost in and we've spoken about of, of being sort of with the people, quote unquote, and, and meeting people where they are. And, and I was struggling with finding meaning in that mm. because how am I meeting somewhere where they are, but they don't care to interact with meaning. And, and that's certainly a, an even deeper conversation, but it's certainly doable and it just has to be with what you bring to the table and how you interact with the content that's being brought forth to you. And and that was, to me, a very beautiful compliment and, and something that was wonderful to hear because that's exactly how 
I want to live my life and how I want people to interact with me. I think it's very, very possible to meet someone where they are with meaning. Oh, absolutely. To to understand that whatever it is they like to speak about, you never have to compromise exactly. your intention. Right. You never have to compromise Which is that. truth and honesty. You, you can still just speak in a way that is... That can be interpreted by the person that you're speaking to. I like I just you can change the words around the diction if what you're using is too highfalutin or it's right. just you you know you're just speaking about things that are maybe a little too far out of their realm, but they understand basic ideas, right? And so you can speak to them about things. In a basic idea sense, I talk about the three little pigs all the time. Right. Children read the three little pigs. So adults can understand the three little pigs. Right. So I don't have to compromise my intention. I'll just talk to you about the three little pigs. Right. Straw house. What is it? Brick house. What's the other one? Brick house was the good one. Then there was a, a straw house. Is it wood? But, but I think that maybe it was a wooden house. I don't remember. It, it may have been. Something Either like way, the shit wasn't nothing to the brick house. Yeah, for sure. Right. And you can and you can get. Yes, exactly. You can get stronger than that. An adamantine house. It's a fake iron. Well, it's not a. Yeah. Adamantium is. okay. so adamantine just means sort of like indestructible. Mm -hmm. Okay, And then when X-Men became a thing Mm -hmm. by Stan Lee, the comic book creator, he made a character named Wolverine played by Hugh Jackman, as we all know. And the metal that is in his body is a metal called adamantium, Mm, which is not a real metal. You cannot find that on the periodic table of elements. It's not a real metal. But he made a metal called adamantium, which is an indestructible metal. Right. So it was just very creative on his part. But yes, yes, I'm I am constantly in the search of adamantium and in the process of harvesting it. (laughs) <laughs> and, and 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 or mi- mining, mining mining it, it yes. and making an adamantium house an yeah, adamantine certainly. house yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much what it is man um but this stuff all stems from truth it all it, none of it happens without the encouragement of truth and without hopefully some collective seeking out of truth but I really, really would like it, it. I think that it is advantageous for us as humans to, as I did on the last one, say, twist the mirror back around to yourself every once in a while. Look at yourself. Try to find your blind spots. Try to talk about those blind spots. Yeah. Try to heal through finding those blind and spots. Accepting them. And accepting them. And maybe working with a small team, hopefully you have a group of friends that would be willing to search for something more. And, Go and, to and, a therapist if that's what it has to take. Yeah, like, and, a, and a good one. because Because, again, that's also rough, too. Because yes, you, it is. Because in this day and age... <clears throat> it seems as though you may go to too many people that have also been brought up in this day... Yeah. Right. And, and, and just got mentality. a fucking MD or doctorate or maybe th- you don't even have to get that to be a therapist. I'm not even you quite don't even sure. Need a I don't even think so. Thing. Exactly. And so maybe. you 
find yourself talking to someone that may coddle you or may talk to you about your truth and right. allow you to sit in that and allow you to sit in your your delusion. Yeah. And it's rough. You know, you and I, we watched the movie called Whiplash with Miles yes. Teller and J.K. Simmons. It's yes. about a drummer in college at, wow. at Schaefer University or Schaefer Conservatory. Yes, yes. And he has a burning passion to be one of the greats. He wants to be something. One of the greatest drummers. One of the greatest drummers. And you have this fucking just powerhouse psychopath yeah, of, definitely. A, 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 of an instructor that works there. The people are dying to be in his class. Dying to be in his class. Literally doing anything to be there. And he's not a nice guy. If anything, he's the biggest asshole you've ever met. And he's also the best at what he does. For sure. And people want that. And and people are willing to go through that. To get slapped, to have chairs thrown at your face, whatever. To be called a little, what, cunt, bitch, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Limp dick. <laughs> fucking, what is he say? Like, limp dick. Uh... He's just some like, shits, like yeah, something he was crazy. just all he was calling people wild names and that. But you, you, you <laughs> say to that dude, he says something like, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, on that bar, that is not your boyfriend's dick. Don't yeah. you come early." <laughs> like he was like, "Yo, like, what is, like he was going crazy and on that." Just yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking to that fat dude, he was like, "What are you looking down for? There's no fucking Mars bar down there. Like, what are you, what are you looking at?" <laughs> I've carried your fat ass for way too fucking long. <laughs> Anyways. And, and and so th this is another point as you as we talked on this just because we had a nice little laugh here is I'm it's funny I'm never against this whole time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm never against laughter. The the yeah, thing is sure. is that there is a, there is a certain sense of laughter though. Like the, again, you never have to compromise the intention yeah, and, the and, the, and, and the message. Right. To try to be funny or to try to create levity in a situation right. like you, you, that doesn't have to happen. Meaning it is meaning douses all of these things. It's transcendental. Yeah. It's right. There's nothing that cannot be captured by meaning and by sheer profundity of me of, of meaning. It, it just it just doesn't. Um. That guy wanted to be the best. And there was a guy that was just willing to push him. And all he cared about was being the best. And when I say he, I mean both the guys. Yeah, right. The, the, instructor, the instructor and the teacher. All they cared about was truly being the best. And so they were both willing to put up with each other's shit in the search for true greatness. Right. Because that's all they cared about at the end. They're just like, I don't yeah. want to just do this thing called life like i don't want to just float around like if i want to do it i want to do it at a high level right. the highest level that i possibly can and so what does it take to be there maybe it's not always going to be this person holding my hand now again if you watch the movie you could totally say that that's extreme the 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 way in w the methodology that this guy had when it comes to teaching and tutoring his underlings i completely understand maybe that you're going to have to slap them and right <laughs> and there's still a place for not coddling right. and just allowing people to it's just so meander around. It's so important. And 
when it comes to friendship, when it comes to family. Especially when you're sharing a life with someone. Like that's, I, I just, I, I'm not sure how people do it for the most part. Because there's mm. no way you're having that many, if any. We know them. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to call nobody's yeah, name It's out, all the people but, that we know. But we it's know, we, we know people, many people that are not having basic conversation about where they are, what they want from the other person. What we, I like, what I don't dislike, what's happening, how we have to recalibrate, how we have to X this all together, how you're being a bitch right now, but maybe I shouldn't have said this thing. And it's 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 so it's so complex. It's so difficult. And I have no idea how people are living but yeah, because I hear this other. thing so much. Oh, well, if you love someone, you just Fuck you that. stick by their side and you do the things that you're supposed Fuck to do. That. And, you and just, now you're both unhappy. And it's like, forever. OK, but what does that look like, though? What does encouraging someone look like? Like, what does being by someone's side look like? It's the same thing as, again, raising a child. Like, right. does that mean that you let them do whatever they want? Does that mean so that you that you don't path? challenge them? Right. What does it mean when... The, some of the things that you guys are doing are just diametrically opposed. Right. Like one person, as we've talked about, is in incessant care for themselves, health-wise, right. nutrition-wise, yeah, physical fitness-wise. And another person just does not care and for I'm that. And I'm coming home with Popeyes, KFC every night, McDonald's, just at the house like, chilling. Like, what does that mean? Oh, well, they, they just live their life. That's their truth. Mm. Or we're living a life together. Now we're supposed to be doing this for the long haul, but yet you're going to die 30 years sooner than me. Or worse, you're not going to die. And I'm pushing you but, at 50. <laughs> but now I just have to take care of you. Nah. While I'm still up and about because I decided to take care of myself for all these years while you decided to not. Right. And then and we're not even getting into physical attraction. I'm not even going to like open up that gate that's right now, but that's one. that's a whole other thing. So it, it just it gets it gets very, very deep. You know, someone just wanting to come home and ask you a question such as how do you feel about this decision that I'm about to make? And, you know, that maybe you don't really fuck with that decision that they're about to make. But if it makes you feel good. But if it makes you feel good, I you know, that's, good. that's for you. You know what I mean? That's your decision. You're a grown person and that's your decision. And I'm going to support you no matter what. That's, that is, that's a straw house foundation. That's a straw house foundation. And, and, and it's not their fault. They think. That that's the correct that way. That that is the yeah. correct way to move about the situation. I love them, so therefore I support them. Yeah. But Whatever what does your decide. but what does your support look like though? Right. Like you're not two swords sharpening one another. Oh, that's a great way of putting that. No, you're not. That that is not these are just some dull little butter knives. Just, just... smacking each other, <laughs> making each other more more dull, duller yeah. knives. Yeah. Right? So it's um it is it is fascinating because people truly do have great intentions. You know a lot like they really really do. They a lot of times they just are uninformed or misinformed. Yeah. And that's a lot of what it is a lot of the time. Yeah, it just it's you know, just a bit more about my life when we spoke about this one, but 
just my last friendship that that I let go, you know, that felt, now that you say that, like two butter knives, well, more so like an, a sharp knife wanting to be sharpened, which was me, and then just a dull butter knife wanting to interact with people that were certainly just on a different wavelength that we were both trying to be at that time and, and just feeding into whatever other incessant meaningless bullshit because it just felt comfortable it felt like home I've been doing this for so long and that's not what I wanted to be a part of and I am able to sharpen my knife much easier now that I'm not interacting with any of these people and and I wish I hope that at some point in their journey they, they're able to find that with other people and within themselves because there's no growth happening for most people because it's just two dull butter knives just 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 tapping each other over and over <laughs> but then next thing you know we've been together for 70 years and i fucking hate you mm. and i hate waking up next to you but this is my life now like what am i gonna do now because we're 60 years old like where are we going like you're gonna start over at 60 more than likely not yeah it's very it's very very difficult yeah once once my eyes opened once i have come into this way of life as, as i have said to you like I either do this, which is live in truth and take accountability for my actions, or I kill myself because I'm not. I, just very simple. That's very simple, and I mean that with all the gravitas. Mm. That is not said in a joking light manner. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to live any other way. Yeah, I don't want to spend my time with people that just tell me I'm beautiful the way I am and that I'm perfect. Fuck that. You're a liar. Because whatever you're doing over there, I don't want to interact with that. If that's how you yeah. want to live, that's on you. But I, I know that I am not where I'm supposed to be at the moment. There's plenty of work to do. It's so funny too, because for me, it always hasn't had to be an external dialogue that comes specifically from another human mouth. We spoke about it the other day that one of my advancements, one of my stages of evolution came from, well, many of them came from reading books. And huge books, oh, yeah, grand yeah. stories from sure. authors like Fyodor Dostoevsky or uh, Marianne Evans right. Right? or Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. So the great expectations with Pip right. that I've spoken about on here a while ago and this guy, this little boy that came from this very poor village. And mm -hmm. again, he sort of curved the young little girl that liked him at the time and he thought that the caretaker of the house that loved him very, very much was kind of like a dumb guy. And so when he was able to finally get this opportunity that catapulted him into the aristocracy of the world, and he's got all this money and he's running around with all these guys just drinking, just living in excess, he realized very quickly that it was meaningless and that they were all living in some haze trying to fool each other into thinking that they were having a great time, but also understanding deep down that they were all miserable. And then at the end of the book, trying to finally get back to his roots just to figure out that that dumb guy that he had left back in that old village with that girl that he curved are now married. So he right. wasn't able to go back to the girl and he, and he clearly didn't have the same relationship he was going to have with that guy. And so he went searching for all this greatness just to realize that it was all back where he started in the right. first place, which is roughly the a lot of great stories like The Alchemist. Right. Right. If you ever read that book by uh it's like Paula Coelho or something like that is his name. 
But I read that book and it was just a lot of the arrogance that he was wrapped in and lost in, in his search for this greater thing that does, that exists inside of you the whole time that just doubled me over in humiliation right? because I felt that in myself roughly around that time. Some of the things that I would say on the podcast, some of the things I would say to people in conversation, some of the way I was just looking at myself and I'd spent the next 72 hours in the house <laughs> just in a hoodie and a fucking hat or whatever, just Doing kind of sad. Yeah, just kind of, you know, moping around a little bit, but just like more so letting it process. Just sitting in it. Just sitting. As as most people should. Just sitting in it. Knowing that this is a terrible feeling and that I was so stupid for ever being in this this very superficial elevated state that I put myself in as if I was really all that. Right, but I just saw through the through the veneer so easily afterwards. It was so thin. This veil was so thin, and and it was it was the very opposite of adamantine. <laughs> and right. I was like, "Wow, you really sat in that delusion. You really thought. You really thought. Like humble yourself. And it taking place on paper." For so long, that that story I'm talking about, when when great authors just author a fantastic story, it's these these deep deep morals just settled so deep inside of it that when you read it and you truly take your time to understand the story, they just rise to the surface, and you don't have to pinpoint the exact moment sometimes it happens when you close the book Mm -hmm. and you understand everything in the full scope sometimes there are certain little excerpts or a page or a chapter or a word sometimes it just hits you that way and you just you realize through storytelling because you find yourself in the story in some way shape form fashion that there's just a lot of work to be done and sometimes seeing it externally is it, it just helps you, again, twist that mirror back around and really view yourself in the way that you are right. and not the way that you like to conjure up in your mind. Yeah. And so, again, thank you for being here today. Of course. Thank everybody thank for you. listening today. I hope that s- someone got something out of this conversation so. because I'm certain that we have. Oh, certainly. This is this is one of my favorite, I think, conversations that we've shared. Yeah. It's probably the best we've done. I think so too. Yeah. No, it, it feels, yeah, man, it feels, it's very difficult to live this life. Shit is fucking hard every day. <laughs> it's really, really hard every day, but it's the most rewarding thing. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you want to venture onto the truthful side and give that a shot. Namaste. Namaste. Episode 150. Peace, everybody. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.